Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site. Home of the Arizona Cardinals for the NFL Wire. And this is episode 488. It is our third show of the week and our second week 11 preview show. On Friday, uh, the show dropped where Seth and I, my normal co-host, previewed the Cardinals week 11 game this weekend against the Houston Texas in our preview picks and prop bets show. This is our enemy preview. He's not really an enemy. He's a... He's a close colleague of mine. Mark Lane joins me from Texans Wire, also one of the contributors over on the Touchdown Wire, which is our league-wide site that covers all the everything. Mark Lane, well, really well known about around Texas sports out there. Mark, how are you? I'm glad to have you back on the show. What uh, we've done a couple of the season previews, and now we have you on to to pick your brain about this this fun matchup, which isn't a tank bowl anymore. That's what everyone thought it was going to be. It was the tank bowl when we were penciling this in week 11. And both teams are looking at this game as, hey, maybe we win this one. Yeah, I don't know about a tank bowl, even from a negative Texans perspective. More like, oh, okay, you know, how far away is the rebuild? You know, that's like desert lights. I mean, lights in the desert night sky you know like are we there yet are we there yet but you know you're getting closer and the texans Um, are far much farther ahead than anyone thought they would be at this point oh i know to go from rebuild to in the hunt you know i mean it's crazy but uh really well deserved for their fans uh the ones that stuck it out the past two years um yeah i I didn't think that uh the how the turntables would have happened as quickly as they did the last time these two met in regular season (laughs) that's right that was in 2021 at state from stadium when the cardinals beat the texans 31 to 5 even though i think the texans at one point had a five nothing lead uh, and, and things kind of fell apart from there. Davis Mills did not have a fantastic game. J.J. Watt got hurt that game. Uh, nonetheless, this is a matchup where they've only faced each other five times, and the home team has won every time. This is the third time in Houston. The Cardinals have never won there. But we want to talk about first what the Texans have done this season, and I think we'd have to, we have to start with the play of quarterback C.J. Stroud because my, my co-host, 
Post and I, Seth and I were talking about the Texans, and we look at the talent. Now, there, there is some talent. It feels like the Texans are kind of the polar opposite of like the Atlanta Falcons, where the Atlanta Falcons have a whole, have, have a whole bunch of really, really solid pieces and talent, but are held back by the quarterback position. And the Texans, while they do have some talent, there's mostly, there's not a bunch of guys, especially on offense, that you're like overly afraid of or, or that you would you expect to have to game plan for. But the play of Stroud as a rookie is, it reminds me of the, it, the way Andrew Luck affected the Colts his rookie year. He's having that sort of season. It's, it's really something special to see. Did you expect... Stroud to be this good this early? No, I thought that this would come on the back end of the season after, you know, taking some licks and having like a three-interception game and getting, you know, um, eaten alive by the Bengals and, you know, that type of stuff. I expected to have these types of games or these stretches of games but in December and the last two games of January just because oh I've learned it's slowing down putting it together all that kind of stuff yeah I expected this but not now and not to accelerate the completion of the rebuild I did not expect them to be competitive like this and what's happened though is what Stroud can do when he does it well, they just keep adding on. They keep unlocking other portions of the playbook as opposed to just keeping him in this contained space. Oh, you can do that? All right, we're good. Let's move on to Chapter 2. And that's what has, why the Texans offense just as it blossomed over the past few weeks. So what is it that's made him like, obviously he's progressed, but what is it about his play that is, that is so good? Obviously he doesn't turn the ball over only two interceptions on the season. He's not only that, but he's volume passing in terms of yards, 15 touchdown passes. But, but what has been, do you think has been the best part of what Stroud has done? I, I would have to say, is um, ball security and the way that he trusts the system. Because there's ball security and then you never throw. But then there's ball security and just trusting what the coaches and what the scheme, what your teammates' or jobs are going to be, and just going with it. And so it's uh, really his maturity with ball security and also just his his confidence in the system and chucking it. As we look at other parts of the offense, so Damian Pierce not having a bad year, but definitely not having the year that he had, at least the the type of impact or, or efficiency he did as a rookie. They're still getting run, rushing. Um, they still have a, a, a rushing attack. Uh, obviously, Devin Singletary came in last week and had a big game, 150 yards on 30 carries, offense, uh, Offensive Player of the Week for the conference. But, you know, Devin Singletary only you know, entering Week 9 had 209 total yards, uh, rushing yards, in 
eight previous games. What um, what is the running game so far? Is is there is there more to be had? Uh, where, what do you see from this rushing attack so far? Well, they figured something out with Devin Singletary against the Bengals, but hey, Sam Hubbard was out, and uh, you know that helps your run offense when the opponents lead, you know, rush defenders out. But anyway, yeah, Singletary, 30 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown. He has a career game. Um, but the thing is, offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick uh, told reporters this week that, yeah, you know, Singletary had a big game. But what they are looking at is they don't want a bell cow running back that has, you know, 30 carries every game. They don't want to wear a guy out. So they want production. And, you know, Damian Pierce, RB1 from the year before. But even so, they would like to spread the ball around to keep everybody fresh. Kind of like when you think back to the 49ers in 2019. uh, Or their running backs. You know, Raheem Mostert, I think, got the most attention because he had the coolest-sounding last name. <laughs> but, you know, it was really the way that that scheme utilized everybody that uh, is really what Houston is trying to emulate. So, yeah, it's Devin Singletary now. Maybe Mike Boone in December. Could be, absolutely. In the past game, at least they're receiving Tank Dell having a fantastic rookie season. Nico Collins seems to come out of nowhere to to be productive. Uh, That said, if you look at the receiving core, other than the promise of Dell as a rookie, you don't look at this receiving core and go, yeah, scary receivers, but they're still having production. What are they doing well, and what can they improve upon? They've made it to where... It's not about one guy. Um, so, you know, that's why some of this week it'll be Nico. Then this week it'll be Noah Brown. Everybody can step up into everybody's role, so to speak. So when, oh my gosh, Nico Collins is out, we're all going to, you better buy storable food. You know, the apocalypse <laughs> is coming. But instead, you know, Noah Brown steps up. You got Tank Dell. Out there, uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, gets some passes. So it's really making it just about uh, just a variety of functionality, you know, and they've delivered. Defensively, great run defense in terms of yards allowed per game and yards per carry. Uh, a little shakier when it comes to the pass defense. Uh, what what do you make of the defensive side of the ball, which obviously would be D'Amico Ryan's bread and butter. Uh, that That's the guy he is. What what are they doing well? And what, um, wh- what maybe we can point to why the pass defense is not as... They do give up a lot of passing yards. Uh, they have less. In fact, that on my prop bets, the one that I put for this game is to have Kyler do um, over 242 and a half, so 243 or more passing yards when that has been done in four out of the last five games, the opponent, opposing quarterback to the, to the Texans. But what, where are, like, what are their defensive strengths and, and where 
are there some struggles and is it consistency uh it's basically the linebacking core they've had some injuries they really like henry totodo from i'm sorry it's um henry tua tua um he's i there's too many O's and, and apostrophes. I, there's there's four O's and two apostrophes yeah, in that last name. That's that's. Absurd. I hear it every week. Mark <laughs> Vandermeer says Tua Tua. So there we go. Um, but uh, you know they really like him, but he's been injured. Denzel Perryman, they give him some, uh, you know, uh, reps, and then he gets injured. So it's really just kind of been who's been available in the linebacking core. Uh, they like Tua Tua even though he's a rookie fifth rounder, um, he wears the headset, you know, they, they like what he brings, but it's just kind of been the linebacking cores availability that has uh, been a factor in uh, whether it's positive or negative. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's look at the, directly at this matchup. Um, where do we? Wh- what will the Cardinals be able to do? What are the Texans going to try against the Cardinals? Matchups and keys. That's next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. I've got Mark Lane, managing editor over the Texans. Why are my sister site covering the Texans? Mark, thanks for being on. Of course, we talk as we look at this matchup: Cardinals versus Texans. Uh, I think number one, even though at this point we talk about the quarterback matchup, but the quarterbacks are never on the field at the same time. But how do you look at this game now that Kyler Murray is back from his injury um, and a nice showing in his debut last week on a game-winning drive, uh, looking honestly looking like he didn't even get hurt in a new offense? What do you expect to see from the two quarterbacks in this matchup? Yeah, I think that uh, Murray could, uh, you know, they've definitely got respect for him. Matt Burke, the defensive coordinator, he was defensive line coach for the Cardinals last year. Um, So he definitely knows, he talked about how, you know, Murray, he's just, he's never out of it. Um, So he'll drop back. 20 yards to gain 10 yards. He's never... So you can't just... uh, you got to go double time, basically, with Murray. And I think that, uh, you know, he could take advantage of Houston's uh, aggressive front. And, you know, if they're not disciplined enough, I think that he could take advantage of that. Um, you know, I, I also think that Stroud, um, you know, his ball security is going to be secure. And if he's able to, you know, have Houston on like a seven to eight play scoring drives, you know, I think that that'll help Houston build a lead that then they can turn their, defense over to get after Murray. So basically with Houston, it's, you know, first to 20. That That's 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 a good way to put it. I, I kind of expect this game to be, be a shootout. Um, 
more or less basic one look the last last two weeks that we saw uh, in the, the Texans games, both against Cincy and against Tampa, where C.J. Stroud was fantastic at the end of those games. Um, but looking at individual matchups, you know, I, I'm one I'm really, really, really excited to watch is two top picks lining up against each other. Um, Will Anderson against Paris Johnson. Uh, I know on the on the stat like on the on the lineup, he he'll line up primarily against the right tackle. Correct? Does he does he switch sides much, or, or are we going to see a lot of Anderson versus Johnson in this game? Um, you you'll see Johnson still go against um, a a well regarded pass rusher in Jonathan Grenard. So Johnson will be tested either way. So as Grenard, you know, he leads a team with six sacks. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, like you said, the draft intrigue. But, you know, I think that you may be seeing more from Grenard. And uh, that's still a very significant matchup yeah. because of where he leads the team in sacks. Sheldon Rankins, uh, number two on the team with four sacks so far this season. Uh, how do you see him impacting this game? And, uh, you know, depending on where he lines up, my, my co-host says he's the, what the Cardinals should do is run the ball at him. That He's been bad against the run. He's been good in, in pass rush, and it hasn't been on the field as much for, for run defense. He obviously is getting after the passer. Is there uh, something to exploit there in the run game by, by running at Rankins? And the Cardinals are a team that likes to run the ball. So I'm, I'm really interested in this matchup in particular because the Cardinals have, have rushed for at least 100 yards, excluding that terrible game against Cleveland, every week since week one. So out of 10 games, they've done it in eight. Eight of their last nine games. I know the Texans run defense. I think they haven't allowed 100 yards on the ground since week two, I think it is. No, so, so their first four games, so their last five games, it's been 96, 89, 40, 41, and 66. That run game, it, where, where's the run game key going to come against? Uh, where's the key to stopping the Cardinals' run going to come from? It, I think that if they did run at Rankins, that might be a good idea. Uh, Son Ridgeway is injured, and he was really part of helping that run game, uh, you know, solidify. They've also got Malika, Malik Collins at defensive tackle. Um, so, you know, I, they probably should run at Sheldon Rankins, but it's really going to depend on just, I think, exploiting those linebackers. Um, you know, in the pass game and using the pass to kind of set up the run, but the thing is you just can't abandon the run when going against the Texans. You still need to have it available so that you can be two-dimensional. Right. And, you know, I think that um, if you can – get rankings and then now you're getting second level 
now you're putting a hat on Christian Harris and, you know, then Blake Cashman, then that really helps. And, uh, you know, if you can find a way to neutralize Blake Cashman and take him out of the action in the run game, that's really where the it'll help Arizona. Looking at the Cardinals' edge players against the tackles uh, of the Texans, uh, Laramie Tunsil, still a fantastic tackle. A little bit of problem with penalties this year. George Fantover, right tackle. be interesting to see what happens. I I haven't looked at the injury report. Did he he miss it? What's his game status? No, he's he's good to go. He's good to go. So how are the tackles holding up? Because the Cardinals have gotten, I think it is, a total of 15 sacks from their edge guys. None of them, like, they've got... Four from Dennis Gardeck. They've got they've got a number of guys uh, that have. But I think it's with four guys. They've got 15 sacks from their edge players. How are the tackles holding up in pass rush so far? Surprisingly well. I mean Tunsil, yes, but in terms of George Fant, uh, you know, well enough that they said this left guard problem, uh, Titus Howard who's the right tackle, but he has versatility. Go take care of left guard next to Laramie Tunsil. And it's worked. And it's only worked because George Fant has been competent enough to give them confidence to just let him maintain the right bookend. So Fant has done a surprisingly well job. As we look at other matchups, the Texans receivers against the Cardinals secondary, the Cardinals have given up. Uh, I think they are number, they're the second worst team in pass defense in terms of yards, second worst in pass, uh, passer rating allowed at 101. They're not, like, the, the Cardinals defense for me is really curious because they do give up a lot of points, um, but at the same time, they, they do make things very different difficult for opponents um they held atlanta they held atlanta to like 254 yards they had they held they held the ravens to 268 yards but still 31 points uh the the, the, here's been the last four weeks of yardage allowed by the cardinals 318 268 326 254 those are really good good yards allowed um and yet they've given up 23 27 uh, 31 and 20 in those games. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they just don't get off the field. But how do you feel the 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 receive, the the Texans receivers match up against the Cardinals secondary? Yeah, I think that um, if uh, you can get Tank Dell behind um, the safeties, then there'll be some opportunities. Uh, And really, they've found a way to exploit the center of the field, you know, with crossing routes uh, to Nico Collins. That's really one of their big things. Noah Brown is able to uh, run crossing routes in that, you know, in that manner. But Collins gives you just such a target. It's 6'4". You know, and uh, 
I think that if if they're able to just stay on schedule and not get behind in the running game, then that's going to keep things formidable for Houston. Uh, you know, when you've got a guy like Tank Dell challenging. So I, I think that it's just going to come down to just staying ahead of schedule in the execution and then that will determine how Houston just really utilizes their pass game but the thing is they've not really been scared when it's come to you know calling the plays you know that go downfield or attack usually teams get kind of uh, tentative Mm -hmm. when a you know, when a secondary's doing real well or they get clamped, Houston, to their credit, will at least try. Coming up next on the Rise of Seward podcast, the best of Cardinals talk about, let's move to the segment where we make our predictions. Picks, predictions, and such. That's coming up next on Rise of Seward. We're back on the Rise of Seward podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web, talking to Mark Lane from Texas, Texans Wire, managing editor over there, friend of the show. Uh, Mark, if we look at this game, the, the the Texans are well. Depending on the sports book, I have them. They, they're favored by four and a half. Uh, the Cardinals have not been favored this season in any game. Um, before we get to our final score predictions, in terms of touchdown passes, how many how many touchdown passes do you think Stroud will have? How many will Murray get against the Texans' defense? I got Stroud for two through the air. I'm going to go with Murray. Getting one on the ground, one in the air. Do you see any turnovers from either team? Yeah, I think Murray gets sack fumbled, and I think Stroud throws another pick. That that would be that would be something. Only two of those shots thrown all season. Um, do you see a 100-yard rusher from either team in this game? No. And if you had to pick. Um, who would be the leading receiver on like of the game either on, on either side? I'm going to go with Tank Dell, six catches for 121 yards. Ooh, that's a big game. And if, for me, I think I'm going to go with I'm, I'm going to ride the hot hand, and I'll say that the Dell probably probably does that. Maybe say seven catches for 90 yards and that Trey McBride tight end for the Cardinals goes for uh, seven catches for 88 and a touchdown. Um, But yeah, um, sacks. How many sacks do you think that Stroud, well, how many sacks do you think the Cardinals get? How many think the sacks the the Texans will get in this game? Uh, I think one for Houston and then Arizona sacks Stroud two times. Okay. I think it'll be probably two sacks for the Texans and three for the Cardinals, just kind of for the sake of things. And then let's go with the, with the big one. Um, your final score prediction, who wins, what's the final score, and how does it happen? So Houston, they basically – jump out front, you know, 
10, 14 points, and they just, and you know, and then you have your witching hour activity. It goes on, and and uh, the Cardinals, they get out front, maybe 17, 20 points. Then Houston pulls ahead early in the fourth quarter and uh, convincingly wins 27 20. Ooh. I've got this game. I've got the Cardinals covering. So the four and a half point spread. I like a three or a four point game. Um, when I first, when I, or yesterday when I was talking to, to people, I was, I, I picked 28 24, unsure which way it would go. I'm going to say that it's going to be 28 24 Texans. And it will be another, it'll come down to another C.J. Stroud game-winning drive. Uh, I believe that the, the, both the Cardinals and the Texans will trade off go-ahead drives. The Cardinals will take the lead 24-21 with about two minutes left, and then Stroud does his magic again, and they come away with a 28-24 win. Either way, a uh, very exciting game to watch. Uh, it's a far more interesting matchup than anyone thought it would be. I know at, at least it's an, it's still important for the Texans because they're very much in the mix for this, for the AFC South. The Cardinals, they're not in the mix of anything, but they're just trying to move forward and see the progress they make from Kyler Murray. And with that, we will wrap up this edition of the Rise of C-Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate the time. I know that... You, you have a lot of hats, and you keep yourself busy, so I appreciate the half hour that you're able to give me. As always, man, thank you so much. And and for uh, you can follow, okay, listeners, you can follow Mark. Uh, you're the Mark Lane on, te- uh, on Twitter, right? The real Mark Lane. The real Mark Lane on Twitter, or X, if you call it that. Um, but you can find his work on Texans Wire. You can find it on Touchdown Wire as well. Uh, Mark, I really appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on. And we will be back to talk with Seth. Um, the, the next show will hit on Wednesday when Seth and I react to the game on Sunday. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back in again a few days. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.